0: Our Locked On Cougars, this is your daily podcast focused on the BYU Cougars, proud to be part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Thanks for joining us on a New Year's Eve edition of the show. Going to do a lot of looking back on the year that was, as well as the decade that was, as we get ready to start off the 2020s. We'll look back on that. also need to talk about a notable achievement that jeff judkins achieved yesterday in a win for byu women's basketball as well as saying farewell to a men's basketball legend who passed away this past week so a lot to get to on today's edition of the show all brought to you today by our title sponsor deseret first credit union let's get to it this is the locked on cougars podcast for december 31st 2019 What's up, guys? I'm Jay catch your host here on Locked On Cougars, your resident BYU insider. I work for the Zone Sports Network in Salt Lake City, Utah. Thanks again for joining us on this daily edition of the Locked On Cougars podcast, getting you ready for the new year starting tomorrow, 2020, January 1st, 2020, a brand new decade. And we're going to talk a little bit, we're going to reflect on the decade that was, as well as the year that was on today's edition of the podcast, before we look forward into the new year and the new decade. Decade as well. Let's start off looking back at 2019 and what happened this past year in particular. I think the biggest news item, and I'm I got some help on this from a good friend of ours on the podcast, and that's Sean Walker from KSL.com. And he talked a lot about the he wrote a big piece on what the top 10 moments from BYU Sports in 2019 were. I'm not gonna go through all 10 of them. We don't have the time to go through all of them. I'm gonna talk about some of the highlights and some of the stuff I thought was the biggest stuff that happened in. BYU sports. I think the biggest thing was Dave Rose retiring as BYU basketball head coach. After 14 seasons as the head coach and also another eight seasons as the assistant coach at BYU, Dave Rose stepped down this past spring as the head coach at BYU. With a career record of 348 wins compared to 135 losses, he was just shy of Stan Watt's all-time record as the winningest head coach in BYU men's basketball history. And honestly, I know that football kind of carries the day in this day and age when it comes to BYU sports, but having a guy who led the BYU basketball program for the better part of a decade and a half and was there for over two decades, helping rebuild that program from what was the crater of that 1-25 season in the mid-1990s. Dave Rose, him stepping aside, was a notable and probably the most notable thing that happened in 2019. Now, Mark Pope has come in, and the BYU men's basketball program is off to a flying start this season. They're heading into West Coast Conference to play on a high note. They have an opportunity here, and it looks like they're on track to make the NCAA tournament in his first year as head coach. Would that have been the same with Dave Rose as head coach? We'll never know, obviously, but you do. it does make you wonder... Could he have uh, finally gotten the team back to the NCAA tournament this year and then maybe ridden off into the sunset? But like I said, we'll never know. Another big notable achievement or another notable event that happened this year was Kalani Satake. Despite BYU going 7-6 and six in a lackluster season just with the two losses to end the year at San Diego State and against Hawaii in the SoFi Hawaii Bowl, Kalani Satake got his contract extension through 2023. I think it's a good move to have Kalani as the the head man, make sure that there's some continuity at the top of the BYU basketball program. The BYU basketball, BOA football program, excuse me. But I would expect that there are going to be changes under him in terms of his assistant coaching staff. I'm thinking that there would be at least a couple of changes in terms of responsibilities at the bare minimum, if not brand new coaches brought in after other coaches depart. And this is the time of year when you start to see this happen. We'll break into this more as I learn more about the situation and feel comfortable in reporting things. But I would expect that there are going to be changes. And in fact, I'm hearing that there are going to be changes to Kalani Satake's Coaching staff this offseason matter of who, what, and how much change happens no details on that as of yet but that is a big notable thing that Kalani Satake is locked in through 2023 and I think it's a good move that he is locked in now can you get the right assistance underneath him to help BYU push forward after back-to-back seven and six seasons can they move up next year against what looks like might be the toughest schedule in, in, in the independent era for BYU in football in 2020 who knows we'll find out what happens with that um other notes that happened this past season for BYU that I wanted to cover today. BYU Men's Cross Country wins its first national title, had a bunch of All-Americans, they've had some incredible individual performances, but for all of that, they had never won at all as a team, and they broke through this year, finally breaking through against Northern Arizona. They win the national championship in Terre Haute, Indiana, the ninth national title in athletic department history, and a big congratulations to Ed Eyestone and his team on that victory. That's just, that's big time. And I know that cross-country doesn't necessarily get the same headlines that BYU basketball and football get, but there are a lot of Olympic – quote-unquote Olympic sports at BYU that have gotten a lot of pub recently and have made national title runs. It's cool to see the men's cross-country team break through finally and win their first national title as a program. One final note from me in terms of what happened this past season, the biggest thing, that I, one of the other big things that happened this year is Yoli Childs. I mentioned yesterday I feel like he's an all-timer at BYU. He's inside the top 10 in scoring all-time in a BYU Cougar unit. Uniform. Well, here's the thing. Yoli Childs, his story of deciding to come back to BYU for his senior season after entering his name into the NBA draft, going through that process without a head coach in place, Mark Pope was not in place until late in this process, and then deciding to ultimately pull his name out of the NBA draft process and return to BYU, only to get slammed by the NCAA with a nine-game suspension for essentially filing the paperwork in the wrong order to pull his name out of the draft, etc., just what a cluster. I feel like it was just a bad deal all the way around. It was a black eye for the NCAA even though they don't seem to care at all but Yoli Childs is playing at an extremely high level right now leading this BYU basketball program. I think it'll be awesome to see him get some sweet measure of revenge in a way if BYU makes the NCAA tournament and the NCAA despite their best efforts trying to curb his production him leading his program back to the NCAA tournament for the first time in his career as a senior, along with a number of other seniors in this program who have ground to make it back to the big dance. I think it would be an awesome accomplishment. Of course, that's a 2020 topic, but Yoli Childs and that NCAA suspension, I absolutely think, is one of the biggest stories in the 2019 year for the BYU Athletic Department and BYU Sports as a whole. Coming up here in just a minute, we're going to talk more about BYU Sports in the decade. I feel like there are two stories overall, that are the biggest stories in both basketball and football that dominate this decade, the 2010s, the 20-teens for BYU Sports. We'll talk about those as well some of the other notes from the past decade here in just a moment. Before we do that, though, a reminder for you guys that Deseret First Credit Union is our title sponsor here on Locked On Cougars. And we couldn't be more proud to have them as the title sponsor of this podcast. Deseret First Credit Union right now, they're asking everybody, what is your why? What's your focus? What are you looking forward to do? And with 2020 upon us, it's New Year's Eve. A lot of you making New Year's resolutions, goals for the coming year and decade. Well, one thing I want you guys to consider is consider putting money Money back into your pocket with a home refinance from Deseret First Credit Union. Right now, the rates are extremely low, still extremely low, still near historic lows in the three percent range low 4% range and it's a great time to consider refinancing your home loan if you haven't done so already. With a no cost refinance from Deseret First Credit Union you can get locked into a low rate for absolutely nothing guys and potentially save yourself up to hundreds of dollars a month. Think about that. Hundreds of dollars a month potentially going back into your pocket. I guarantee you could have a few more New Year's resolutions and goals and other things you could do with that money back in your pocket. Give Deseret First Credit Union a call to find out what they can do for you. 801-456 7070 that's 801-456-7070 or go to dfcu.com to apply in five minutes or less deseret first credit union you know why we show how membership and eligibility required oac terms and conditions apply equal housing lender all right guys as we close out this decade in BYU sports what a decade it has been it's been 10 years and it feels like 10 years has been like 100 years and in, in my lifetime uh, as a sports media member cuz essentially this decade was the decade I got my career started I started it out working as an intern for Greg Rubell at KSL News Radio working on BYU football and basketball prod projects as well as games during that time, it was the year of Jimmermania and that's where I wanted to kick off. It's probably the first notable event in BYU basketball with Jimmermania sweeping the nation. I've never seen anything like it and I highly doubt we're going to see anything like it in the near future for BYU in terms of just overall sports and the the notoriety that came with it. It was just absolutely incredible. Jimmer Fredette uh, wrapped up his career with 2599 career points, 296 three-pointers, and 515 assists in 139 career games. Uh, Barack Obama, the then president of the United States, called him, quote, the best scorer, obviously, in the country. Of course, Kevin Durant, also that famous tweet, "Jimmy Fredette is the best scorer in the world, in the universe. I remember what the exact quote was, but Jimmy Fredette and what he did... Just absolutely stunned, shocked, and amazed every single one of us who saw it live. And me having started my broadcast media career as an intern for Greg Rebell during that season, I worked on BYU basketball games. I interacted with national media members that season, unlike anything I've seen before or since. And honestly, I think that's one of the biggest things that's happened in the past decade for BYU, obviously. But it feels like it was forever ago. Think about that, guys. It was 2010-2011. That 2010-2011 season kicking off the decade was what might be the biggest moment in BYU sports over the past decade. Combine that with the following year, BYU, or just recently, just soon after that, BYU football announcing they were going independent. This is the era of conference realignment in college sports. The University of Utah got the invite to join the Pac-12 conference. And BYU uh, responded with an announcement that they were going to take their football program and make them an FBS independent, along with moving all the other sports programs into the West Coast Conference that included men's basketball, which they have remained in the entire decade. The football independence move is something that I think a lot of people still continue to look at and they do wonder, okay, when is it going to end? Is this an experiment that is going to end at some point? BYU will be in their 10th year of independence coming up in 2020. How, will all, how all will it shake out? I don't know, to be honest with you guys, but it was a bold, bold move for BYU to decide, you know what, we're going to take our football program. We believe we have that national brand that can carry eyeballs wherever we go, and it's been borne out by the numbers, I can tell you guys this much, in the upcoming deal for BYU with ESPN, of course they've played out their current deal with ESPN, the broadcast announcement they had was a nine-year deal, all told, BYU has played that out, and i everything I have heard from people on the inside from both sides, both ESPN and BYU, is that their agreement has been as good as could have been hoped for. BYU fans have shown up in droves to away games around the country for BYU football, obviously. I was at Tennessee this past year. I've traveled to Wisconsin. I've gone to Texas. I've gone to Nebraska. I've gone to some of the biggest games in, indep- in the independent era for BYU football, and BYU fans have shown out of those games in droves. I've also gone to Notre Dame, but in some of the smaller games, think of games at Middle Tennessee, at San Jose State, BYU fans have shown up at those venues as well and just absolutely taken over. That is the power of Cougar Nation. You can deny it all you want if you are if you want to denigrate the BYU football program, you, or you're a detractor, whatever you want to say. Guess what? The stats don't lie. BYU football is a national powerhouse in terms of eyeballs. It gets people tuning in. BYU football fans are known worldwide as being fans that travel and travel well and are good representatives of of themselves, the team and the university as a whole when they're on the road as well. BYU football is going to be rewarded in this upcoming contract with more money than they've ever had before and I know it's not going to say I'm not going to say that BYU is going to get power five level money because that's 25 30 35 maybe upwards of 50 million if you're the SEC BYU' is not getting that number from ESPN but let's put it this way if BYU were to go back to the mountain West or even join the American Athletic Conference they would be taking a massive, massive pay cut and that's why for the time being as it stands right now heading into 2020 BYU football is not going anywhere in terms of joining a conference unless it is the power five level the money is too good as an independent the freedom they have to schedule a national schedule they can go all over the country against top level competition and play those games they will not give that up just to say, you know what? We need, the, we need the comfort of being in the Mountain West Conference. At some point, could their hand be forced? Sure, that could happen. But as it stands right now, BYU football and independence is too good to the pocketbook of the BYU Athletic Department to consider anything other than waiting for another round of conference realignment, potentially in the middle of this next decade, 2023, 2024, 2025, somewhere in there and moving up to the Power 5 level. And if their hand is forced, they have to go back to the Mountain West. Maybe they'll consider that at that juncture. But right now, as it stands, BYU football and ESPN, they're a partnership that works. ESPN has been very pleased with what BYU has delivered in terms of eyeballs. I know the records have not been gaudy. They haven't gone out and had that magical 11-win, 12-win season that BYU fans are thirsting after to no end. But the good news is is BYU is valued nationally by broadcast media and more in particular ESPN, the mothership as we call it. They are... The They are the commodity that BYU thought they were. They bet on themselves when they went independent, and it's paying off in droves. BYU, like I said, has never had more money coming into their coffers. Now, what I want to see going into 2020, and we'll talk more about this as the new year kicks off over the next month or so, they need to reinvest more of that money into the football program because they're taking too much of that money, I feel like, and not using it to help Kalani Sitake and his staff out. Independence has been a net positive for BYU sports overall. Kalani Satake came in in the middle part of this decade taking over for Bronco Mendenhall. I get that there's angst over the nine-game losing streak to the University of Utah this past decade. There's plenty of Negatives when it comes to BYU and Independence. But overall, it's been a net positive for BYU in terms of the exposure, the money, the ability to have the freedom to schedule their games, get those games on national TV, stuff they would have never had. The Mountain West would have never let them have. Hare Thompson and the Mountain West Conference would have absolutely just kiboshed half of what BYU has been able to accomplish in this past decade as an independent. And the nice part is BYU is in full control of their future as a football program. And here's hoping that at some point they do get that long-awaited invite to the Power Five. But if not, guess what? They're going to be an independent. They're still a national name, a national powerhouse. They're a fan base that is to be reckoned with nationally, and they are known worldwide as well. So those I feel like Jimmermania and BYU's Declaration of Football Independence are the two biggest things that happened this past decade. Are there other things like Bronco Mendenhall leading for Virginia Kalani Sitake coming in. Like I mentioned, the nine-game losing streak for BYU. We mentioned Dave Rose stepping down as BYU basketball head coach. Are there other storylines in this past decade for BYU that are big? Absolutely. But there's none bigger than the Jimmer in 2011, 2010, 2011, and BYU's football independence over the past decade. Those are the two biggest storylines of the 20-teens for BYU sports. All right, guys, as we close out this final edition of Locked on Cougars for 2019, I wanted to spe- step back onto the basketball court and talk about uh, two stories that we need to touch on before we go on today's podcast. Let's start off with BYU women's basketball head coach Jeff Judkins. He achieved his 400th career win as the Cougars beat Pepperdine 65-47 to at Firestone Fieldhouse yesterday, a big win for the BYU women's basketball program, but none bigger than and Jeff Judkins, who took over the BYU women's basketball program in the 2001-2002 season, he is the all-time winningest coach in BYU men's and women's basketball history. He has led the Cougars to 12-20 win seasons, nine 12-20 win seasons, nine NCAA tournament appearances, including making the NCAA Sweet 16 two times during his tenure. Juddy He's a legend, plain and simple. He is a legend at BYU, and he deserves every one of the accolades coming his way. It's awesome to see him win his 400th career game. I wonder how much longer he'll be willing to coach BYU. I can tell he loves it. He was a longtime assistant on the men's side of things for Rick Majerus up at the University of Utah. He formerly played in the NBA. This is a guy I've had people tell me this should be the BYU men's basketball coach at different points during his tenure as BYU women's basketball coach. But what he has done with the women's basketball program at BYU is not to be overlooked. And Winning 400 games, I don't care what level you're coaching at, it's an awesome accomplishment. It's an awesome milestone, and we wish nothing but the best for Coach Judkins and his team as they look forward in West Coast Conference play. They are now seven and five on the season, two and zero in West Coast Conference play. That is the most important thing is BYU is off to a perfect start in West Coast Conference play. They're back home taking on number 17 Gonzaga this Thursday. So Thursday night at 7 o'clock Mountain Time. The game will be televised on BYU TV. There will be a stream on the BYU TV app as well if you want to watch that. You can get tickets for the game at BYUtickets.com. BYU beat Gonzaga in both of their regular season matchups last year. Really helped propel BYU to an NCAA tournament berth a year ago. Maybe they can do the same thing this year. They'll be on their home court in the first of this two-game series in West Coast Conference play. And best of luck to Juddy and his girls as they get ready to take on number 17 Gonzaga Thursday night. Now one other note before we go on today's podcast is to say rest in peace to a BYU legend in Liddell Anderson. Of course, Liddell Anderson is a guy who will have uh, people from Utah, Utah State, and also just pro basketball fans in the state of Utah mourning his loss, but he led some of the best teams in BYU basketball history in the 1980s after coming over from the Utah Stars and stints at Utah State as their athletic director and basketball coach, as well as an assistant at the University of Utah. The native of Milan Idaho man What a legend. He led BYU from 1983 to 89, compiled a record of 114 and 71 in six seasons. He had BYU in the postseason four times, three trips to the NCAA tournament, and one NIT bid. Uh, In 1984 and 1988, he led BYU to the second round of the NCAA tournament. It's unfortunate that these teams in BYU history, they had some of the best talent at BYU and the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, in terms of the talent who are members of the church, played during this era. And it's unfortunate they never got past the second round of the NCAA tournament. But Liddell Anderson passed away at the age of 90 in St. George, Utah on December 29th. And he's an all-time legend, plain and simple. He did so many incredible things for the state of basketball in the state of Utah period. But you look forward and it's just something you look at and say, you know what? This is a guy who has career just numbers up and down. He led the Salt Salt Lake City Stars to ABA Western Division regular season titles, had a record of 115 and 43 at the pro ranks. He had a 173 and 96 record with Utah State, led them to the NCAA tournament four times with two two NIT appearances. He is a legend, and we're going to miss him around this state. More than just BYU, just the state of Utah in general, lost a legend at the age of 90, and rest in peace to Coach Liddell Anderson. An incredible, incredible career, and we we'll wish him and his family nothing but the best as they look forward losing their patriarch of their family. All right, that'll do it for today's edition of the podcast. That'll do it for this year, guys. It's been an incredible year. The download numbers have been through the roof. It's been incredible to be with you guys each and every day. And from the bottom of my heart, I want to thank you guys for your support of this podcast. It's been so much fun to do. Looking forward to bigger and better things in 2020. There's going to be a lot to get done in the ne- in the new year. Of course, we'll have it all covered for you. We'll still look back on the decade that was. Probably do an all-time BYU football team all-time BYU basketball team for the 2010s. There's a lot to get done, and we'll have it all covered for you daily here on Locked On Cougars. Please subscribe, rate, and review on whichever podcatcher you prefer to use. Give us those star reviews, particularly on Apple Podcasts. They help us get the word out about this podcast using those algorithms that the podcatchers seem to favor in terms of promoting which podcasts they think are most popular. I want to thank you guys once again for your support of the podcast. It's a pleasure to be with you guys every day. We'll talk to you in the new year. This has been Locked On Cougars. For December- 31st, 2019.